HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. This week's episode of Meat in 3 is inspired by the reemergence of Cicada Brood 10. We're talking all about insects. Some people are calling crickets the gateway bug because that's a great introduction to what edible insects is all about. So we found detectable levels of cesium-137 in 68 of 122 total honey samples that we had. Ah, what is that? Is it tarantula? No, what is it? It's a tarantula. Oh, and they're going to eat it? No, 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 no. Listen to Meat in 3 wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Life's a Banquet, a show about the highs and the lows of all things edible, spreadable, and pourable, with your host, me, Coach from Cheers, <laughs> and me, Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights. Yes! Always topping it. Nicole, how are you? I am hungover. You've mentioned earlier that you're suffering from a hangover. How did this happen? I'm suffering. I have actually passed away, and I <laughs> am a ghost. Amazing. Well, pleasure to have you. Thank you for haunting this podcast. I went out. I went. I got invited to hang at some coworkers' place. Sounds and sexy. We drank a ton of wine and stayed up until one in the morning, which I cannot oh. do because I'm an elderly man. <laughs> like I got yes. a hangover from drinking two vodka sodas the other night. I just can't. I guess it's all just fading away. I can't even drink <clears throat> anything that's strong, and I can't stay up till one in the morning. That's absolutely right. I got hungover from drinking nothing, which is called a migraine. <laughs> but at first, I just was like, "I'm hungover, and I didn't drink anything." Well, I'm like, "Well, then that's not actually a hangover." It's that's called right. a migraine. You're, you have a brain malfunction. Yeah. Well, I, issues. Yeah, I had full on like nauseous, tired, headache, the whole shebang. It's really oh. uh, inappropriate. Terrible. Un, cruel and unusual <clears throat> punishment. Honestly, like life is very, very difficult. One of the only things we have to cope with it is alcohol. Why does that have to then also give you a terrible headache and sometimes diarrhea? It doesn't seem fair. 
<laughs> um, I agree. I don't understand it either. And you think by now there would be a way to cure it, you know? Yeah. It's like, you know, if aspirin made you like grow hair on the bottom of your feet, like it's supposed to be the cure. Can we not right. have anything? Lord, Lord I who's know. real and in heaven. <laughs> And his only son, Jesus, what's the deal? You made wine, buddy. What, what's That's rude. Exactly. He made wine. Why is he turning all the water to wine if it's just going to make us sick? That's why I've never liked Jesus or mm-hmm. believed in him. Yeah. He, I mean, thinking about Jesus having a hangover, though, is pretty funny to me right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Speaking of hangovers, um, and talking about someone who definitely has one at the moment, uh, any new Ben Affleck news this week? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. So there is so much <laughs> coverage of this. It says when will this stop? <laughs> when do you think we'll eventually stop doing this? I don't know. When they come out and say something, probably. Oh, when will we do stop doing it? Never. Yeah. Never. I, I wonder, like, once we get served papers, a cease and desist. Yeah. <clears throat> from okay matt damon he, he's the one to serve us <laughs> so like, yes he no he's thrilled remember we, he's thrilled about it um right. so according to page six ben affleck revives the sad affleck meme as he leaves jennifer lopez's home there's a picture of him driving out of her mansion with like a sad face you know the picture of him smoking sadly Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe he just has like a resting mope face. Yeah, I mean, that's probably true. But so far, nobody's come out to explain it. So uh, we have to <laughs> just figure out he's sad that he's leaving JLo behind. Maybe it's a mask. Maybe Ben Affleck died years ago and it's just like a you know, mask of his skin and it's really Matt Damon under there and the mask just hangs hangs low. Yeah, just like Joe Biden. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Entertainment, Entertainment Tonight said, has an article that I did not read, but the title is why Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck are hopeful about this, their relationship this time around. But I didn't read it because I know that they have neither one of them publicly come out and said anything about their relationship. So it's just going to be one of those speculative articles where they're like, a friend of a friend says that they're hopeful this time around. And <laughs> Hard-hitting investigative journalism. Yeah. Um, here's another article that I thought was very mean. Um <laughs> As J-Lo and Ben Affleck's romance heats up, Alex Rodriguez is spotted dining alone in Greenwich Village. <laughs> Remember, they said he's gaining tons of weight. Well, where, where was he? He was at, uh, what, what uh, was that, Fakio's, the pork store, yeah. just like shoving a muffaletta down his face? Yeah, I mean, but can you imagine, like, your boyfriend breaks, or your girlfriend or whatever, you break up, and people follow you around and report that you are eating by yourself. Like that's very, it's like insult to injury there. It's very mean. He can't find anyone to go <laughs> eat dinner with. I mean, truly a rod. Um, I liked this. This is from the Huffington post. Uh, ben Affleck's dad gives very candid thoughts about this nonsense. Benifer frenzy. Basically they called his father up to ask him what his opinion is on his son's dating life, his 50-year-old son. Um, <laughs> How old is this man? This man's like 95? He's like 78. Um, Who is this? <laughs> he's Ben Affleck's dad. Who is this? No, I mean, he's, this is my impression of him. Oh. Who is this? Yeah, they're You're like, hey, what? this is the Huffington Post. We just really, we're dying to know what you think about this. Um, and we have yeah. literally no shame. We will call anyone. 
He's the um, one who's dying. Also, isn't he like I? I somehow know this, but that he's like a terrible, terrible alcoholic. How is he st- even still alive? Well, he stopped drinking. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Um, he said that he had no idea what's going on with his son's love life, especially as it relates to Jennifer Lopez. And <laughs> he says, I have heard of her, but I have no idea about any of this. <laughs> I think that was not Dickens. <laughs> very, very funny. Um, and according to Yahoo Entertainment, um, mm-hmm. Jennifer Lopez is scoping out an LA move close to get back to, to be closer to Ben Affleck for her family. Where, where does she live now? I think she lives in New York. Ah, well, bon voyage. We will no. miss you. <laughs> Jenny from the blog. Right, is, right, right. Um, and then the daily gossip says Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck are reportedly telling their friends they're back together. I wonder who their friends are. Don't you? Yes. Like, I'm just picturing, like, Ben Affleck on, like, one of those clear phones from the 1990s where you can see all the parts on the inside. Like, <laughs> like Georgie, are you sitting down? I must, I have to dish. <laughs> well, I guess Ben Affleck is friends with Matt Damon, according to the Gossip Mags, but that's all I know. Hmm. Wow. And this Amazing. is the best article from Pop Sugar. Ben Affleck's OG Benefer outfits are a total 2000s vibe. <laughs> <laughs> so they just have pictures of them which which is also when this was all starting and they weren't really any pictures of them together they just kept showing old photos of them together mm. <clears throat> and it was very confusing for me and probably the rest of the world um yeah. so they just cannot get enough of showing them pictures of them together in the early 2000s and it's hilarious i think i remember like something of him wearing like a shiny a shiny suit and uh like a maybe a shirt that wasn't buttoned up all the way mm-hmm. is that ringing a bell yeah yeah ben. oh ben classic ben am i right yeah anyway well that's very interesting thank you uh and thank you to our listeners for tuning into your favorite ben affleck jennifer aniston podcast jennifer <laughs> lopez podcast i just wanted to see if you were all still listening oh i guess you're not <laughs> According to Vanity Fair, they are friends with Jennifer Lawrence because she is so excited that Je- Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez are back together. Jennifer Lawrence, really? Yeah. What do you think these three all talk about? I mean, she's decades younger. Than, and I'm not saying that people can't be friends with younger people, but it just seems like a strange pairing, don't you think? I don't know. I mean, the people that I hung out with last night were a decade younger than me, and it's fine. They probably aren't as hungover as I am today, though. Was one of them Jennifer Lawrence? No, she's not 30 years old. Isn't she, though? No, she's probably 34. Hmm. Very interesting. Well, today is June 8th as we're recording this, and it is the three-year anniversary of Anthony Bourdain's death, and that's very sad, just to bring it down a notch from talking about Ben Affleck. (laughs) So I just thought we could have a a moment of silence, like a full minute of silence. Okay, a full minute of silence on our podcast. Um, no, but it's very sad. And it was I one of the things I want to talk about that I was I recently watched three times Bo Burnham's new special called Inside. Have you seen it? No, I don't know who that is. Ah, oh, it's incredible. It's really great. He's a like youngish comedian. Did you see the movie Eighth Grade? 
no. Oh, really <laughs> wonderful film about a young eighth grade girl. It was what anyway, it was really great. But he's a he's a very funny comedian. He just did this new special, and he has this one part where he's like, honestly, like he makes a joke about killing himself, and he's like, I I don't recommend killing yourself. Like uh, he's like, but if I could kill myself for a year and a half, I would. <laughs> <laughs> and then like he's like but you can't kill yourself for a year and a half it's forever and you shouldn't be dead forever and so just as a quick mention you know of anyone feeling despaired of these really difficult fucked up times that we're in you know you can't just do it for a little bit it's forever and I think a lot of the times that's what people kind of think you know what I mean like you get into these like despaired moments and you just want it in that time you know yeah but it does last forever so just remember it that. sure does yeah, really terrible. R.I.P. So there's supposed there's a documentary out about David Bourdain, Anthony Bourdain, <laughs> David Bourdain, David. Yeah, David Borealis. David no, but anyway, Borealis. But yeah, have you seen that? Uh, I haven't seen it yet. I mean, what it's is, new. It hasn't. I don't know if it's come out yet. No, I haven't seen it. Um, but I do love love that Tony Bourdain, and it is very sad. It's one of the only celebrity deaths you know I mean I think we we've probably talked about this before I mean it can be very sad when someone dies who's like a hero or an icon but really like I don't get too sad for too long but it makes me feel truly like sad and depressed inside when I think about Anthony Bourdain I don't know well yeah hanging yourself in a hotel room is pretty bleak yeah it's really bleak and he was just such like a I don't know. I always talk about how my dad, who was like pretty immobile, especially towards like the end of his life, like he would watch Anthony Bourdain um, all the time. And he would be like, I went to, you know, I saw that Anthony was in, you know, South Korea and Anthony was in Sardinia. Yeah. And like he would, he was really into it. And it was like for him, it was like his only way of seeing the world because he never went anywhere he was afraid of flying and he couldn't move around so it was special you know what I mean he did a lot for a lot of people in that sure, way yeah so anyway quick downer note but thank you Anthony Bourdain for all you gave us and uh yeah we're, we're remembering you today on June the 8th 2021 as we approach the end of life now I want to talk about something that is puzzling to me which is that our whole lives, basically, through like the, you know, through TV, through movies, cartoon strips, all of like, you know, pop culture, we've been taught that like alien invasion, should it happen, would be the most shocking thing ever. And as you mentioned, maybe two weeks ago, Barack Obama uh, mentioned that aliens are real. There's been a lot of like chatter about aliens being real. There was recently this week an alien spotted on a bridge in India there's been UFO sightings and nobody fucking cares. Nobody <laughs> gives a shit. Why? Wait, I didn't know about this alien in India. There is an alien in India just walking down a bridge, a tall, skinny alien. Hold on. I got to look at this guy up. An Indian alien. <clears throat> but anyway, I'm just saying. Where was he going? <laughs> I don't know. Somewhere uh, he had to cross a bridge to get to. I have really no clue. But of course that could be fake. But I mean, what I'd really like to focus on here is people, person, I should say, listening to the show. <laughs> there are aliens. It's time to freak out. It's time to really panic and freak out. And I know that we're so desensitized from everything else, but please don't forget that this is supposed to be our number one concern as human beings. 
Well, it seems like, you know, in the movies, the aliens, first of all, are very obviously going to try to kill us or whatever, you know? So we mm-hmm. have to react accordingly. But if this guy's just hanging out and, like, visiting places... They are killing us. They are killing us? The government's covering it up. Sweeping it under the rug. Now, wow. Okay, wow. Uh, look. <laughs> now, look. Now, this is my Barack Obama impression. Look. So, what I personally think about aliens is that I believe in time travel as being real. And I think that aliens are just our... Like, the aliens that we see are just, like, our future selves. Why do they look so the weird? Because they kind of, this is my thing, because they look kind of human, right? Like, why would Mm -hmm. an alien, I believe, of course, in life in outer space, but, like, why would a a life form from outer space have, like, a human body, like, type form? Two arms, two legs, a head. I mean, do you know what I'm saying? We never see aliens. Yeah, why wouldn't they look like Jabba the Hutt or something? Exactly. Or, like, just be gas or something. Or Pizza the Hutt. Insert fart joke here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Pizza the Hutt. Oh, (laughs) balls. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm here freaking out. I'm building a bunker within my bunker and I suggest you all get on bunker building as well. Okay. That seems fine. So that brings us to today's topic, which is how to build a bunker. (laughs) (laughs) From scratch. First step, get a lot of beans. (laughs) Preppers. Don't you think like beans are the last thing you'd want to have in a bunker? You're trapped in a very small space. It's like the one it's like the most gaseous food. And you're like, well, I guess I should get this. <laughs> well, it's just, you know, that's what you have to eat. Cause it lasts a long time. And you could have like, I guess a lot of green beans, anything in a can lasts a long time. Why would you get the fartiest thing? Peaches. I mean, chili. might as well just get like canned kohlrabi. Okra. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess there's a whole bounty of cans. Have you seen this alien yet walking around? I can't, it won't load. Mm, yeah it's buffering huh well this article says it's it's a ghost same thing <laughs> i think ghosts are time travelers as well which is why i'd like you to buy my new book it's called time traveling ghost aliens to haunt a bunker <laughs> imagine <laughs> you build the bunker but you build an alien into it <laughs> so wait this is it oh no this is not it this is like a video of a grandmother attacking a man you're just like accidentally watching like really hardcore porn <laughs> you start like camming with somebody um what's canning mean camming that's when you're like live oh, camming. camming you thought i said canning you still have beans oh i see okay he does look like an alien but also he looks like he just like a guy's trying to freak everybody out also he's not very good at walking he kind of walks like edward scissorhands <laughs> <laughs> who was also an alien <laughs> uh it it is creepy it'll creep you right out don't watch it in your home alone yeah don't watch it in your bunker um should we get into today's riveting topic nicole oh yeah today's topic is riveting it's hot that's for sure or it could be cold it's riveting if you care about history in china yeah Okay, well, let's get into it. We're talking about tea, you guys. We're spilling the tea. This is the tea, yeah. Um, So I wanted to do something more interesting than this, but I couldn't really find anything. I thought that there would be, like, a lot more dirt out there on tea-related dirt, but I was wrong. 
So I'm just going to give you a brief history and some fun facts of the little leaf we call tea. Um, So there's two origin stories about how tea was invented. One is a little scarier than the other. So I'll start with the non-scary one. So Okay. Are we talking like alien scary or just like no. genocide scary? Macabre, I guess, oh, is more. Oh, spooky. Okay, great. I'm with um, So, oh, I got all of this information from BuzzFeed.com, Weirdomatic.com, and Ad Coconeal. It's a blog. Yes, my um, favorite blog. Yeah. So the first origin story is that in 2732 BC, Emperor Shen Nung discovered tea when the wind blew leaves into his boiling water. Also, he's just drinking in the story. He's just drinking boiling water by itself, which I guess maybe <laughs> you had to do that so that all the germs would be gone. I don't really know. But it's, mm-hmm. it's have you ever had just plain boiling water before? It's not very good. I don't. I have. I will. <laughs> I, I have had hot water. Um, <laughs> I'm embarrassed that I do, but it is something that's like supposed to be good for your gut health, which makes me feel like a, someone who reads goop. But I mean, I think it's true. <laughs> sure. Um, I mean, this guy obviously thought that too. You know. Yeah. And he was an emperor. So um, the other story is that Bodhi Harma the founder of Chan Buddhism. Uh, uh, he fell asleep after meditating for nine years. <laughs> wow. I mean, what took you so long? <laughs> Can you imagine meditating for nine years? Like, and not falling asleep? Not I meditate for like five minutes and I'm asleep. Yeah. Um, and he was so disgusted with himself for his weakness that he cut <laughs> off his own eyelids. What? Yeah. And then this guy's a real glutton for punishment. Uh, he cut off his own eyelids, and then the eyelids fell into the ground, and those turned into the first tea bushes. So to me, this story sounds like the true story. Absolutely. <laughs> 110%. 110%. Um, but in reality, tea probably originated in China, India, Myanmar, and Tibet around 1600 to 1046 BC. So um, whether or not these crazy eyelid cutter offers were involved, uh, we, nobody really knows. <laughs> that will explain why there's always eyelashes floating in my tea. <laughs> um, at first, when tea were in China, tea was only for medicinal purposes. So they're like, this is just for medicine. We don't really just drink it for kicks. We're not making sun tea in the backyard. Um, So from the 4th century to the 8th century, that's all it was for. And then, magically, tea just started to get more popular as a drink. Um, And then, of course, tea ceremonies started happening. And a rule came about that only women were allowed to handle tea because it was so precious, like the tea leaves. Um, and the women had to keep strong spices out of their diet so that their skin wouldn't contaminate the tea with strong odors. (laughs) Fucking typical. God damn it. They're like, no, you can only eat white rice because I don't want the tea to get smell like freaking, I don't even know, Chinese food, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Fucking real, man. Yeah, man. Always getting the short end of the stick, women. Eat this, not that. I mean, yeah. Fucking A. Touch this tea. Don't eat anything. Get out of here. 
I'm sorry, have you been eating something around this tea? (laughs) (laughs) Also, like, I guess, I don't know. I just don't understand how, whatever. People, they might have just been taking this a little too seriously. Um, And until the 17th century, which is a pretty long time, from where we started out, which is the fourth century. It's like Literally many ages. Many centuries. Um, until the 17th century, all of the Chinese tea was, was green tea. That's all. Wow, that really? No black tea? No, because they had not figured out how to make it yet. But in the oh. 17th century, they figured out how to preserve tea with fermentation, and thus black tea was born. And oh. it, it lasts longer and keeps its aroma longer than green tea. So foreign trade was starting to happen a lot for them. And so that's how they could start exporting and importing. How fascinating. Now, so you're saying basically it's the same varietal, but just like treated differently. Yeah. So that's really interesting. Cause I just thought they were like just different varietals, like different. Me teas. too. Like, wow. That's so, that's really interesting because green tea, um, if I drink green tea on an empty stomach, I will throw up. Yeah. And not like, ew, I mean, throw up. Like, I actually will throw up. It just makes me sick. Yeah. The, um, I think the fermentation process changes it into the black tea. So it must be easier on your tongue. I don't know. I threw up in a garbage can on Lafayette <laughs> Avenue. <laughs> I grabbed a green tea. It was one day, like, I was like, I'm going to switch to green tea instead of <laughs> coffee for absolutely no reason. And, you know, just because, like, I wanted to, you know, new me, new tea, new me. And yeah. so I switched to green tea and I'm sip, sip, sipping away. And uh, it was when I lived in Fort Greene and I get from where the coffee shop was up to Lafayette. And I was like, Ooh, you know, I did one of those things where I grabbed my stomach and make a funny face. And I just barfed in a trash can. <laughs> I said, Everyone I just probably thought you were hungover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, don't worry, I'm pregnant. Um, oh my God, that reminds me of a time that I was so hungover and I got an Uber to work and I had to have the Uber driver pull over so I could throw up. And I told him that I was pregnant. <laughs> oh my God. One time. Now this is just a pure throw up story. I wasn't <laughs> pregnant or hungover, but I was drunk and I was like maybe 21 and I was taking a cab and we were, I was going back to Brooklyn around the Williamsburg bridge and I threw up into my purse. Oh yeah. Classic. Didn't want to be found out. And the driver was like new and wanted to kick me out on the bridge and uh it's always on the bridge i know i was like i'm not getting out on the bridge on not on the like car part of the bridge and like also it's in my purse i'm the one who's suffering here not you i mean i guess him also a little bit it is very rude to throw up in someone's car who's giving you a ride oh yeah but inappropriate people that don't always have control over that my sister one time was had a going away party and was very very drunk and she we went to stop I drove her home stopped at like I don't know Taco Bell or something she is like I'm gonna throw up and I'm like open the door so she opens the door and then she turns towards me and just barfs into my console like all in like down in the sides and it's like she'd had like chicken tenders like no chicken tenders it was so disgusting. And I was like, why did you open the door and then turn toward me to vomit inside? And then the hardest part to clean is a stick shift, you know? So it was just like, oh, oh it's fucking disgusting. Um, I'll never forget that, though. I'll never let her forget that either. 
Yeah, so, never forget something like that. That is terrible because, you know, it gets in all the nooks and crannies. Yeah, man. And there were just chicken chunks everywhere. You probably never got all of that vomit out of your No, car, I absolutely honest. did not. Yeah. I definitely did not. Uh, <laughs> wow. Shannon. I mean, she, she cleaned it the next day, but it's just physically impossible sure. to get all the pieces out. Sure. Um, sure. So the vomit smell lasted for a little while. Yeah, I bet. Um, Sorry, okay. I derailed you. What were we saying? Back to, back to way more interesting topic, tea. Um, <laughs> so you may not know this, but English people didn't just get, they, they didn't just invent tea, okay? They got it from the Dutch and the Portuguese. Mm-hmm. And they really only got it in the late 17th century. So all the way up until the 1600s, no fucking body in England was drinking any goddamn tea, okay? So don't let... What were they you. drinking? I mean, they're probably just drinking beer because they couldn't probably drink the water either. Blood. Yeah. Well, I don't Those think they're evil English blood. people. Um, a lot of people drank beer back then because it was safer to drink than water. Um, yeah. but okay so they got it from the dutch and the portuguese but only elite people drank it so the pores as per usual were left out um and had to keep drinking their beer and then eventually around 1750 or so it became less expensive um because it was more available and then everybody was drinking it and i'd like tea yeah, everybody's just like, oh, now we can afford it. It's totally fine. Um, there are 3,000 different types of tea out there in the world. That is a lot of tea. Yeah, it is a lot of tea. How interesting. Um, tea has more caffeine than coffee, but because you use less of it in your cup of tea, it technically has less caffeine than coffee. Well, that explains why I get like a complete fucking anxiety attack like to the brink of like am I alive or dead whenever I go to my mom's house because she makes this like super concentrated iced tea so like one glass will have like four or five tea bags in it oh my god and yeah I, I mean yeah it explains a lot about my mom it explains a lot about me um but I I would be like oh I'm getting I'm just anxious from being here but it's really just the iced tea so now I know not to drink it or water yeah, she's it drugging you yeah um uh, so in the 18th century, there was a lot of tea smuggling going on to the point where they say that it was actually more smuggled tea than, you know, legally sold tea. Mm-hmm. And so these bad Larry's that were smuggling the tea, they would mess with the purity of the tea by adding stuff to it so that they would stretch further, you know, just like drug dealers do today with fentanyl. Sure. Fentanyl um, and the tea. But so some of the things that they would mixed in the tea were twigs sawdust <laughs> twigs sawdust i mean tea looks like twigs in this i know but it's like what's a twig all right fine twigs twigs sawdust iron fillings and my personal favorite sheep's dung <laughs> that's rude that's uh. terrible you're not gonna get repeat customers if you're selling them literal shit yeah well you know it's for color so i think you know i don't think anybody knew well, I'm sure they got sick from eating shit or I'm, excuse me, drinking shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, there's no mention of it in my research. So I think it was fine. Huh. <laughs> Fascinating. All right. Um, well, good to know. Take note. If, you don't have you, to put fentanyl on things. You could use cow, cheap shit. Yeah, you could if you wanted to. Um, now I'm going to tell you guys some tea folklore that mm. I learned. And... Great. 
you have to listen to it. So (laughs) in the 19th century England, people would scatter tea leaves in front of their house for luck. Hmm. Okay. So you should should do that, I think. Um, I need some luck, but I don't have any tea. Oh, no. Uh, (laughs) uh, Throwing tea leaves onto the fire keeps poverty away. So all this time we knew how to solve poverty, Joe Biden, and (laughs) we haven't done it. So now we know it's on purpose because of capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) If we as Americans could just collectively throw our tea leaves on the fire, we'll be fine. You know, Uh, nobody cares. That's how little people care in America about poverty. They can't even be bothered to throw some tea into their fucking fireplace. It's rude, really. Uh, Although this day and age, I don't know how many people who are living in poverty even have fireplaces, but what are you going to do? I'm just saying we can be throwing, like people who are not living in poverty can throw tea into their own fireplace. I mean, not like I have a fireplace, but I could certainly. You could start a fire. Yeah. 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 And then claim that I didn't start it. Uh, Billy yeah. Joel did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't start the fire. Uh, sing that whole song right now. <laughs> if you didn't start the fire, I think I told you. I know I told you this, but I, I don't know if I told the listeners. I interviewed Billy Joel right before COVID for a video that my stepdad was doing. I wrote the copy for it, so I got to interview him. And I'm like, what am I going to say? And I was like, I know what I'll say. I was like, I'll ask him, if you didn't start the fire, then who did? <laughs> well... It's always burning since the world's been turning. So he right. explains that in the song. <laughs> but I didn't go with that. I didn't go with that. <laughs> Instead, I asked him what his favorite day of the week was for some unknown fucking reason. And, then he, and then he replied, he like gave, he like rolled his eyes at me and I was like, this is not going to go well. And then he goes, you know what? When we used to do at a concert, we would go, we'd do Piano Man and we would go, it's nine o'clock on, and then I, we'd always try to match the day. And then I'd look at the band and I'd go, what fucking day is it anyway? That's <laughs> how he talks. Oh yeah. He's got a thick Long Island accent. <laughs> and then they go, I don't know, Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, we're back, baby. I was like, so it was really, who started the fire? All right. Anyway, go ahead. Um, fire, poverty, yeah. Joe Biden. It zombie. seems like you're not very interested in my topic because you keep talking about it. So it's really <laughs> I'm, upsetting to me. I'm sorry. I think it's great. I'm just trying to stretch it out like, a, the, you know, <laughs> a bag of tea. Uh, no, that's good because I don't have very much work. So in your, if you're in Scotland, okay, and you happen to mix some tea, it's bad luck to stir it with anything besides a spoon. But I'm like, what else are you going to stir it with? <laughs> like, it's a great question. Like your finger? Like, yeah, it's hot. that is bad luck. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Um, if you make your tea weak and give it to the friend, a, a friend, the TV show friends, <laughs> you will lose a friend or all of them, <laughs> all six of them. If, um, if you make tea weak, all of the friends die. Every person on Friends will die. And if you make strong tea, then you'll gain a friend. So... You know, oh my God. words to live by. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Um, in the olden times, English fishermen would not empty their teapot on the sea because it represented all the fish that they wanted to catch. And oh, wow. their family would not empty their teapot because they didn't want the boat that their dad was on to sink. <laughs> this is highly superstitious behavior. Yeah, I mean, the fisherman thing, you know, you got to be superstitious out there on the sea. 
for in sure the Hun- on the high seas. In the Hunan province, tea leaves are stuffed into the pillows of the deceased so that they can make tea in the afterlife. And I'm like, they give pillows to dead people there? <laughs> <laughs> That's the real problem. It's a waste of pillows, honestly. Yeah, man. Pillows are not cheap. Quality pillows, not Absolutely. cheap. Absolutely. Even unquality pillows aren't cheap. Um, and two more facts that I learned are that you should not actually use boiling water for your tea because it's too hot. It'll burn the leaf. Oh, wow. Um, so don't boil the water. It just should be like just under whatever boiling is. And okay. oh. finally, tea is a diuretic, so it will make you pee. So don't drink it on long road trips, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, right. that's or all. before you're going to give your big presentation. Right, your presentation. <laughs> Not before your TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> don't drink green tea on an empty stomach right before your TED Talk. <laughs> you just start peeing and vomiting at the same time. <laughs> and that's everything there is to know about tea, really. Yep. You've covered it, I think, pretty much. Every aspect. That's all I want to know about tea until I come back (laughs) and I tell you something totally twisted about tea in the next part of this tea episode. Hang on, this episode is brought to you, we can only hope by tea. If it's not brought to you by tea, we might as well not do any more episodes. Am I right? I agree, yeah. All right, bye. My name is Brandon Boy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super-duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, very, very very proud sponsor of the heritage radio network we're also super awesome thank you heritage and we're back and i hope you enjoyed the commercial which we now know is about tea Mm -hmm. um from our sponsor big tea and iced tea the wrapper i'm going to talk about a kind of tea that the world (laughs) wasn't ready for (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay. So today I am going to talk about everyone's least favorite cocktail from everyone's, some people's least favorite place, but my favorite place, the Long Island iced tea. Yay. Yes, that's right. So I'm going to start with a joke. I invented a drink today called the Shutter Island iced tea. It's the same as a Long Island iced tea, but it has a twist at the end. (laughs) <laughs> did I ever tell you when I went to go see Shutter Island that we were leaving the movie theater and the guy behind me was walking out with us and he was like more like Shitter Island <laughs> no you never told me that but I'm so glad that you did I love that so much it's not the greatest movie is that a Scorsese no. movie is that a Scorsese yes. joint it's so stupid it is stupid it's a it's a stinker I hope this show wasn't brought to you by Shutter Island on DVD or Martin Scorsese. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so from Wikipedia, I got all my information today from Wikipedia and a 2003 Newsday article. If you guys aren't familiar with Newsday, it is our Long Island newspaper. So a little from Wikipedia as to the geography of Long Island and exactly what it is for anyone who doesn't know. Long Island is a densely populated island in the southeast part of the U.S. state of New York in the northeastern United States of America. At New York Harbor, it is approximately 0.35 miles from Manhattan Island and extends eastward over 100 miles into the Atlantic Ocean. The island comprises four counties, 
Kings, Queens. That's right, folks. If you're here in Brooklyn and talking shit about Long Island, you're already in Long Island. So suck on that. Um, Spoiler alert. You're in Long Island. Spoiler alert, fucking snobs. You're in Long Island right now. Uh, And Nassau County, which is the western third of the island. And then where I'm from, Suffolk County, um, which is okay. It's okay. There's a lot of uh, wacky kind of, you know, I don't know, racist bullshit that goes on as you go further east. But really all of wacky. (laughs) It's wacky. It's lovable racism. I'm just kidding. There's a a lot of problems in Long Island in general, but also a lot of lovely people. All the cops live out there. Fucking. It is very cop heavy. It is very cop heavy. There's a lot of problems with Long Island, but um, there's a lot of great things about it too. A lot of beautiful nature, a lot of interesting history. Billy Joel. Um, obviously our fucking patron saint billy joel was from there and god damn you besmirch his fucking name um okay so anyway um blah, 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 blah. uh more than half of new york city's residents live on long island in brooklyn and queens however people in the new york metropolitan area colloquially use the term long island or the island to refer exclusively to nassau and seven counties and conversely employ the term the city to mean manhattan alone well, I've never heard anybody call it the island. Have you? The island? Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. I call it the island. While the Nassau plus Suffolk definition of Long Island does not have any legal extent, it recognizes it recognized as a region by the state of New York. Okay. So that's a little history about Long Island. Great Gatsby, Billy Joel, yada, yada, yada. Here we are at the Long Island iced tea. So, Nicole, have you ever had a Long Island iced tea? Oh, Yeah. And what are your opinions of it? You like it? You don't like it? I can't really remember the last time I had one. Of course um, you can't. That's the whole point of the Long Island Ice Tea. It's a young person's <laughs> drink. I definitely okay, okay. So I don't think this is maybe the last one the last time I had one, but in when I was living in Seattle, there was a bar called Bimbo's that I eventually mm-hmm. ended up working at, but um, they had Long Island iced teas. And so one night I met up with my friends and they were, had already been drinking. And so I was like, oh, I need to catch up. So I'm going to drink two Long Island iced teas. That'll do it. And then I was so drunk that my friend was like, well, now you just have to do cocaine so you can balance back out. And that's what sure. I did. <laughs> that's also a very Long Island thing to do. So you were really, you were really living the authentic Long Island life. Yes. So for anyone that doesn't know, a Long Island iced tea is a disgusting drink uh, comprised of vodka, tequila, light rum, triple sec, gin, Coke, not a uh, Coke, which could just be Coca-Cola or as Nicole mentioned, cocaine and <laughs> um, lemon. And it makes it look like the color of iced tea. Now I know Long Island iced tea more as a deli iced tea, which comes in a gigantic 32 ounce styrofoam cup from the deli with crushed ice and like powdered iced tea mix. And it's fucking delicious. But so that's a true Long Island iced tea, but it's not alcoholic. So for these purposes, we're going to go ahead and say this is a Long Island iced tea. And some people put um, sour mix in it too, which is very trendy. (laughs) If you're you're feeling frisky, you put sour mix in it. The ones that I always had, had all the, every liquor that there is, a splash of sour, a splash of soda. Coca-Cola. Yeah. I was um, tempted to make one of these for myself for the show, but um, I didn't want to black out. <laughs> and I yeah, how it. many ounces of liquor is it? 
I also didn't want to buy like every alcohol. I mean, right. <laughs> <laughs> like eight hundred dollars. Like, can I at least have a bottle of vodka, a bottle of gin, a bottle of and light gin. rum and fucking triple sack, and then one like, of everything, oh, and an eight ball of cocaine? I I couldn't afford it. <laughs> so uh, the city of Kingsport, Tennessee, is now it claims that the Long Island iced tea originated there because they have um, an island off of like the town of Kingsport called Long Island and apparently a man named Charlie Old Man Bishop um, an illegal <laughs> uh, fucking his middle name was Old Man can you imagine having a child you name him Charlie and then you just what should his middle name be Old Man Old just, Man just kidding, that was his nickname um, so he was an illegal alcohol distiller and they say that he was the first one to mix it and that was ages ago during like the prohibition times then some people and this is definitely not true the next thing some people say that the recipe appeared in betty crocker's new picture cookbook in 1961 i'm like what really? fucking business does betty crocker have with a lot of nice tea although she could have been a um an alcoholic we don't know well in the 60s everybody just drank all the time you know that's true they were just making a long and iced tea like right in their stomach also like, a, I'm, lot I'm of, a lot of a lot of punches you know, have a bunch of different kinds of alcohol in them. And so technically it's probably a punch. Sure. Absolutely. Well, this is, I'm sorry. I'm like so bored of my own story. I'm yawning. Um, (laughs) So this is the version I'm going to choose to uh, accept as truth. Um, Is that Robert Rosebud, Butt. (laughs) his last name is Butt, like spelled like the butt that is attached to you. Sure. Claims to have invented the Long Island iced tea as an entry in a contest to create new mixed drinks with triple sec while he worked at the Oak Beach Inn on Long Island, New York. Now, my story is going to heavily focus. Now we're moving away from the Long Island iced tea and we're moving right into Long Island to a place called the Oak Beach Inn, or if you're from the island, the OBI. So in 1969, a man named Robert Matheson bought what was then a waterfront barrier island restaurant and converted it into an enormously popular and controversial nightclub called the Oak Beach Inn, located on Jones Beach Island. Um, It was just referred to mostly by people as the OBI. Have you ever heard of this place? No. Okay. It's like... It was before my time, as we're going to come to find out, it closed. It was, like, torn down in 2003, and it closed in 99. So I was only 16 in 99. So I never went. but And I really meant to ask my stepdad about this. I'll do a follow-up with him about it next week uh, or the week after. Um, But I'm sure he went there because he, like, definitely knew how to party. And it was, like, really, like, a place to hang out and fucking get wrecked um, on Long Island in, like, the 70s and 80s and 90s. So, okay. Um, Matheson later opened a couple more OBIs. There was uh, the OBI North in Smithtown, which is like right near where I grew up. OBI East near Shinnecock Canal, near the Hamptons, and the OBI OBI West in Island Park, which is in Nassau County. Um, All four clubs were on Long Island and wildly successful for many years. People from all over Long Island, New York City, Westchester, and Southern Connecticut and New Jersey uh, would come and they would have acts such as Twisted Sister and the Good Rats. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is just painting a picture of the clientele and the interest. So pull up to 1970. The club draws ire of planner Robert Moses, a neighbor who wants to limit parking there. 
And that's not all he wanted to limit because he was one of the notorious Long Island racist pieces of shit that we were uh, talking about earlier. Robert Moses, I do love your beach very much, but you are not a good person. You were real not a baddie. A real bad news bear. Um, okay. So basically, like, the whole time that the OBI was in operation, it was, you know, a constant problem between the people from, like, the town of whatever, Patchogue or Babylon, wherever that is. It's like, there's a bunch of little towns out there. And, and Matheson, who wanted to have this big club. And there was, like, tons of, you know... Well, Jones Beach and and Fire Island and Robert Moses, like, it's small out there. And there's communities of people who actually, like, live out there. So this was obviously, like, a huge, annoying, loud, you know, cocaine-fueled dance party till 4 a.m. And it's no surprise that these people didn't like it. But yeah. he also, like, was, like, really intense about, like, suing the town. He'd sue the police department, which I think is cool. <laughs> um Yeah. And he sued the town to get more parking and they like gave it to him, but then they like took it back and then they gave him like money, whatever. It was like a whole back and forth. It was never an easy thing. Then he was like so pissed at the town that he printed up 1 million Save the OBI bumper stickers and he published his own newspaper to tell the stories of harassment (laughs) by police and public officials. (laughs) That's awesome. I know. So in 1983, the New York Times uh, prints an article called The Battle of the Oak Beach Inn. And they go on to say, quote, he is suing Suffolk County for harassment as well as the county and state law enforcement agencies for alleged false arrests. His next suit will probably be against members of the community. In addition to the bumper stickers in the newspaper, which Mr. Matheson distributes at the inn, he said that he has purchased a small company with two planes to tow banners bearing advertising messages. His messages <laughs> will probably speak of harassment, brunch, and the like, <laughs> and his candidacy for Suffolk County Executive, which he plans to announce soon. He never got that position. He was like, the police are harassing me. Brunch starts at noon. <laughs> I know. Isn't that funny? <laughs> He just had, you know, he had a lot of different messaging, but um, anyway. So in 1993, an unhappy Matheson stated, uh, started a move out of New York before it's too late campaign to compete with, uh, complete with a hearse, banners, and TV ads. So he got a hearse that this was painted on and would drive it all over Long <laughs> Island. <laughs> um, one of the OBI West locations burned down after a couple of years. Um, and Robert Moses probably burned it down. Well, the arson was uh, the arson involved organized crime figures referred to in the movie Goodfellas that was alleged but never substantiated. So mm. it was like a mob burning down, apparently. Allegedly, allegedly. Over the years, the OBI was involved in many disputes with local community over issues such as noise, parking, and traffic. And then in 99, he sold it to a developer. He moved to Key West to retire to open a club by the same name. Um, it never got developed by the developer. Shocking. I know. And then I have some, and then instead they tore it down and they made like a, whatever, like a park there. Um, so I just found this article in 2003 from Newsday, which is the Long Island paper. And I just thought this was so funny that I wanted to read it. So quote, for Florence Maggiore, 68 of Bayshore, the OBI was where her daughter, Linda Goetz, wore, won the Halloween costume contest in 1990, dressed as TV's Peggy Bundy. How old was her daughter? <laughs> I know, right? Like six. I know, that's true, because if she was 68 in 2003, yeah, her daughter was probably like 
under 10 years old, which is even more hilarious. I hadn't thought of that. Linda Oliveri, <laughs> 38, at Deer Park, is nostalgic for the karaoke room where she, where she was a star. Michael Lee, 34, <laughs> Babylon, was had his fond memories of the $1 beers and free buffets during the recession of the early 90s. And Jimmy Cruz of West Islip remembers it as a place where he could hang out with all his motorcycle his friends in the parking lot and still take his mother and aunt for dinner. My Aww. aunt got lost here once, Cruz 49 recalled. We couldn't find her. And when we did, she was singing with the band. <laughs> I know. Um, so anyway, now it's a park. And after it was destroyed, Matherson's former wife, Carolyn Matherson, said the demolition of the inn uh, where she used to be general manager was what the family wanted. Quote, we didn't want it to be used by the community, which was negative. We didn't want it to be used by the town and the county and state, which was corrupt. We didn't want to go to another owner because they would never make it what it was. So of all these options, we'd rather see it destroyed. Oh my God. That's so Long Island. It's so good. And in closing, I just wanted to also mention that in case anybody's trying to place this and is a fan of true crime, Oak Beach is also where the Long Island serial killer, who is an That's what I was going to ask. It is the yeah. same place. Okay. An unidentified, unidentified suspected serial killer who's believed to have murdered 10 to 16 people over a period of 20 years, mostly sex workers. I think it was Robert Moses. He could have been. No, he was dead. Robert Moses died in 1980, so it couldn't have been him. I think it was him, though. He the ghost of Moses? I think he faked his own death. <laughs> oh my God. Like Jeffrey Epstein, which is another thing I had actually just been reading about to try to oddly calm myself down because I was having anxiety before the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I was like reading about how like I think that Jeffrey Epstein is faked his death and is still alive. And other people think it too. But I think now yeah, they that, do. that I might be like on a hit list. So I'm just kidding. This is Nicole talking. Yeah. So I wanted to add something that I mentioned to you when you were doing this. So there is, I, I'm pretty sure... This is Indiana specific. Mm. Um, so in Bloomington, which is a college town, where IU is, there's there's a drink. It's called a water Long Island. Crazy. And yeah. it's vodka, gin, triple sec, water, and lime juice. Mm, and they sell it at Kilroy's, which is like a bar in Bloomington. It's like famous. Um, and I was just, someone was just randomly mentioning that these women would come up from Bloomington, like college students, and try to order them from the somewhat bougie restaurant that I work at and they were just like no we don't have that um <laughs> but it's just a Long Island but instead of soda it's just wa- just water like you just put water in there very Bukowski <laughs> um so that's Indiana's contribution Indiana is very similar I feel in many ways to Long Island except for that it is landlocked um but the folks here a lot like the folks there and we have our own version of the Long Island IC called the Water Long Island. <laughs> the Water Long Island. Amazing. Coincidentally, the water in Long Island, while not t- terribly safe to drink, is wonderful to swim on. If you are on the South Shore, say in Jones Beach area, Robert Moses, Long Beach, very nice. Beautiful. Full of sharks. Very nice. Full of sharks. Yeah, yeah. But the sharks tend, they leave me alone anyway. Yeah, I saw, I mean, I, there's all kinds of sea creatures out there. I remember a couple Fourth of July's ago, we saw a fucking whale, a killer whale. Oh my God. That I was know. just me. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> she blows. And last year, I saw a fucking seal washed up on the beach moaning. Oh, it was terrible. Kiss from a rose. I, uh, <laughs> and the, uh, yeah, and then I saw a seal on the beach. <laughs> and no, but it was actually interesting because around the same time I saw that seal, seal everyone's favorite singer uh, and bald person 
Um, yeah. Started watching my Instagram stories. That's right. I forgot about that. I was like seal crazed for a matter of months. And now I have no seals in my life whatsoever. Not even a yeah. seal of approval mm. for this dumb Got podcast. <laughs> should we Let's top, get out of here? Should we top three though? Our three favorite tea? Okay. Okay. <laughs> on the spot. Okay. On the spot. Top my three. three, my three favorite teas are, uh, sweet tea vodka. Amazing. <laughs> um, uh, Lipton or Louisiana black tea. Okay. I love to make it an iced tea with those. And, uh, yeah, maybe like a, I do love a delicious Earl Grey as well. Yeah, I like Earl Grey, too. Um, all right, I'm going to go Thai iced tea. Oh, yeah, that's good. Delicious. Um, a tea-soaked egg. Ooh, nice. Tea eggs are really fucking delicious. And uh, 4C iced tea powder that you just dip your finger into and, and eat it off of your finger. Yeah, good Amazing. stuff. Okay, great. Well, guys, what's 4C, though? 4C is just like a, sh- like a kind of like brand of, like a cheap brand of powdered iced tea. Oh. Yeah, for saying. I've never heard of it. Well, now you have. Go out, run, don't walk <laughs> to your nearest <laughs> grocery store. This show bought could be brought to you by 4C if it is still a brand that exists. Um, folks, we're going to have a part two to this tea episode. So I hope that you are ready <laughs> to soak yourselves in some more tea next week. We are coming right back at you with Blazing Hot Tea content. Hasta la pasta. Hasta la pasta. Oh, double hasta la pasta. Well then, okay. It's going to be a duel. (laughs) Stop talking. Bye. (laughs) Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at Facebook.com slash Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.